Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Whose line is it anyway? We'll get to why in a little bit, but first off, I just want to start us off by uh, sharing some stories. Everybody likes stories, right? I got a couple of stories um, to share with you guys this morning, and there's a key phrase that I want you to listen for in both of the stories, okay? And this is the phrase. It's going to say, and then I ran, okay? So that's the sentence. Keep that one in mind, and I'm going to go into a couple of stories for us, okay? The first one, okay, okay, let me, hang on. I got to preface all this. Y'all can't judge me for the stories I'm about to share, okay? Because if you were sharing your stories up here, I wouldn't judge you, right? Okay? And if I never get to come up here and speak again after I tell the stories, you know it's because Paul judged me. Okay? So I need y'all to have my back. I need you to have my back. Um, I'm just playing. All right. Let's listen. Uh, the first story takes me back to a day in college, right? I was in a fraternity in college. I don't want to hear all the ooh and all the ahs, but I was in a fraternity in college, and I was celebrating my 21st birthday. That's when you can say ooh. Yeah. Um, and me and my buddies were uh, determined to have a good time, and so we lived right down the street from a rival fraternity. I'm not going to say the name because some of them, you know, might come after me. But we had a, a fun night together, and we said, you know what? We got these old eggs in the fridge. Why don't we get rid of them? You know, we don't want to be wasteful, but they're going rotten anyway. So we'll take them. We'll go up the street and pay a visit to our, our friends up the street, our rival fraternity. And so we took and we disposed of the eggs up against their house, right? Ah, ah, ah. And, and in that moment, my friends look over at me because, I, I mean, you guys might not believe this, but I was the one that kind of thought of it and had the idea and got everybody together. And, and we went out and did this, okay? And they look over at me, and then... I ran. I mean, I ran so fast. Y'all saw the dust flying up behind me while I was on the way back to our house because I didn't want to get caught. And I looked back, and they're running behind me like, like they've never run before, okay? And we made it back to the house. And just to wrap it up so you guys know I'm not too much of a heathen, um, I knew their president at the time. I felt bad minutes later. I called them, and I said, hey, man, we just egged y'all's house. Don't worry about it. I'll clean it tomorrow. But it was fun. I appreciate you letting us do it. He didn't like that. He didn't forgive me. They egged us like three times, and it was awful. But anyway, that was the first story, okay? The second story is in a different context. Um, I got to do this thing that Maddie rolls her eyes about whenever I start talking about it because it's probably my most prized like accomplishment um, as an athlete. But I did this relay race called the Palmetto 200 back whenever I was a part of this organization called F3. And it's this relay race from Columbia to Charleston, South Carolina. It's over 200 miles. I did not run 200 miles. You, you join a team and you run different legs, right? And so we do all this training. We're running all these different links in order to build our distance up, to be you know, ready for this big event where we're gonna race these other teams down half the state, okay? And I remember distinctly one of my legs being in the middle of the Francis Marion National Forest at like 3 a.m. And I'm wearing reflective gear, and there's nobody out there but me and whatever else is in that national forest. And I'm running down this road, and I, I make it to the end, and I get to sit in the van for a little bit, replenish with some snacks, and I wait until it's my turn again. And it's my turn again, so I go out and I get ready, 
And I look, and my buddy comes running, and he's got the baton, and he hands the baton off to me, and then I run. And I just keep on going, right? Yeah, I ran. I messed it up, didn't I? But the reason that I share those two stories, and I use the same sentence, is because I want you guys to to get a little bit of a glimpse into what we're going to be talking about these next couple of weeks, and that's context. Okay, so what I just did is I used the same sentence in two very different stories, but in both of them, I did the same thing. I ran. But you better believe in the first story, I was running much faster (laughs) and with much more purpose than I was in that second story. So we have the same sentence, but two different understandings of what it means, right? In the same way, if we're not careful, sometimes we take scripture and we put it in our story and we get a different understanding than it might have originally been intended to be understood. Okay, so we have to check sometimes the context of the scripture that we're spending time in. Um, Before we dive into the scripture, I want to take a moment to introduce this series. So we've got Whose Line Is It Anyway? Anybody watch that show coming up? It was one of my favorite shows. That and Bob Ross. Ask my mom. That's what I watched like every day. Bob Ross and Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, And then I did one theater show and that was it. So that part didn't stick. But the Bob Ross stuck a little bit. Went to school for art. But anyway, it's different. And there's a little bobblehead on my desk that Lowry likes so much. Um, But we're going to be taking, basically, and taking these one-line bumper sticker scriptures is what I'm calling them. Um, understanding the context of bumper sticker scriptures, and we're going to put them in their context so that we can really read the full script, if you will, of what was going on in the time of those verses. Um, Because I feel like, especially in the South, what we can do a lot is get so familiar with a scripture verse that it becomes like tattooed on our hearts, sometimes even physically tattooed on our arms, you know, um, or printed on gravestones, put on bumper stickers, whatever it is. And it's really healthy for us to spend some time just really understanding what those verses mean. I'm not here to tell you you're using them wrong because I don't believe that you are automatically. But I do think that by a deeper understanding of what they mean, we as a body can be stronger together and really understand the words that come out of our mouth so frequently, um, especially in the South. So let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into some scripture. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and for an opportunity to laugh and to smile together. And thank you for um, the freedom to share stories of um, old rebellion that has... uh, some laughs and smiles to it, but knowing that you provide such security and love that um, some of the wild things I used to do that would kick me in the butt now, um, I don't have to do anymore because I'm gathered and and smothered by your love. Um, And I thank you for that love, God, that we get to be together as a family to just worship you and to sing your praises um, that you so are worthy of. And as we go to your word this morning, we pray that you would just speak through us and teach us something new about you. We lift this all in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to kind of set us up um, for what it really means um, to look at a verse in context. Okay, so context is one of those words you're going to hear a lot in, in the next, you know, 20 minutes. But it's a word that whenever you're looking at a novel, whether you're reading a book, you're reading a newspaper article, paper article, you want to always approach it from a context standpoint, because if you don't, all you're doing is removing a line and just using it for the purpose of your own argument or just to, and so if you ever go and you pick out a new book in the library, a lot of us will go and we'll either read the first couple pages or we'll read the back, right, because it's meant to be a summary that gives us a glimpse into the context of that book, sure, Um, and so in the same way, 
we want to do that with Scripture. Um, scripture sometimes can be mistaken for these little, like, poetic things that we just throw out whenever we need them. But Scripture is a recording, and, and almost... Scripture is nothing other than a glimpse into who Jesus Christ is. It's not meant to be used for our personal gain. It's meant to be used for his glory, which is, which is our ultimate gain, right? And so as we go into context, I have four little things that we're going to be using as kind of our, our guideline in order to observe different scriptures. And that's going to be an approach as we look at how the verses that we read fit into the book that they're in, the section that they're in, the keywords within the scripture, and then the overall gospel. Okay, so we'll go book. So the first one I'll go ahead and reveal is going to be Philippians 4.13. How does Philippians 4.13 fit into the book that it's in, Philippians, the section that it's in, the series of verses that it takes place in, what keywords are in it, and then after that, how does it fit into the big grand scope of the gospel? Okay. So some of you have already turned to Philippians 4.13. I'm going to read it for us. And then we're going to take some time to dive in. Philippians 4.13 in the NLT version says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I mean, that, sometimes I think that, that is like, almost like the banner that we put over ourselves in the South. And, and it's a great, encouraging, powerful verse, isn't it? Um, I think that the Holy, I hope and I pray that the Holy Spirit, and I have been praying that the Holy Spirit will rock our socks this morning as we really look at what this verse was talking about whenever it was written in Scripture and whenever it took place in this letter that was prepared by Paul. So, in order to do that, we're going to actually read Philippians 4, verses 10 through 20. And you can read along with me up here on the screen or in your Bibles where you're sitting. And verse 10 says this, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for, more, for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news, and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent with me or sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Amen. All right. So the reason that initially I want you guys to, to see the power of looking at the verses before and after our little bumper sticker verses is because that scripture 
has so much more power in the setting of that verse than it does on its own because it helps us to truly understand what that scripture is saying. Okay, because if we're not careful, if, and, and I almost didn't approach it this way, and I ask for your grace as I do, if I say something that you disagree with or that you feel like is misled, um, I got two things to say about it. One, I'd love to talk to you more about it afterward. I'm, I'm open to that. Two, um, forgive me because I'm the same as you. I'm a man. There's a chance that I will say something that's wrong, and that's okay. We make those mistakes. We are in the flesh. But by the Holy Spirit, I pray that, that this will not only be true, but will make some sense to us this morning. But if we read this verse by itself, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, or whatever your version says, some say all things, some say all of the things, um, we, we can kind of get into a dangerous mindset. Like, okay, in, in that case, I, I have permission or ability to do anything. I can do all things through Christ. And don't laugh at me here. I'm going to fly. I'm going I'm to change the, the, the past. I'm going to make something appear out of thin air. And we know that not to be the case. But in the, in the standalone understanding of the scripture, one could argue that's possible. But we argue that it's not possible because we understand the context. And so when we go back and we read it where it belongs in, in the book, we get a different understanding of what is actually being said, what it means to do everything through Christ, and what it means for us to give him or to give us strength for him to give us strength. And so first we're going to look at the context and the, um, the scope of what it means in the book. Okay, so what does this verse mean in the context of the book of Philippians? Okay, so this book is a letter written by Paul to a group in Philippi called the Philippians. Um, this is a very passionate letter because this is actually... Um, the first church that Paul planted in Europe. So these are like dear friends of his. This is, he's gone on this journey where he's planted a bunch of churches and been a, been a part of a lot of great communities and, and shared the gospel with a lot of different communities. And he's returning to um, send a letter to, to his friends in Philippi at which he planted the first church in Europe. Okay, so it's, it's, a, it's almost like a, a reunion follow-up letter, like a Hey, guys, I'm still thinking about you. I appreciate all you did for me. I love you. Here's what I want you to do in order to continue to grow in your faith. Okay? And so we have to understand why this is being written in the first place in order to understand the verse that we're spending time in today. And it's to celebrate. It's to thank them for investing in him and then him investing in them. Okay? The second way we're going to look at it is in this section, and that's that 10 through 20. If we read through 10 through 20, we see a lot of themes like gratitude and peace. I can do all these things. You know, contentment is another word that's used, of great feeling of like, I can, I can be poor or I can be rich. I can be hungry or I can be full, but regardless, I'm okay with that. 
because I can do those things in Christ because he gives me strength. Okay? So in that section, we see a theme of gratitude and peace. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time and hop a little bit around um, some different scriptures over some key words that take place. And this is where, um, if you haven't got a study Bible, they're great tools. Um, because what it does is, is we can see key words. And this is where we use those little letters that take place next to the, to the words in scripture. Or the little uh, linings in the side that have different cross-references is what they're called. And so these Bible scholars get together and they take these words and they say, this also takes place here in Bible. And so then you can flip to that and say, oh, well, that's what that word might mean then. Or um, the same theme even took place in this book over here. So you can read about different themes in scripture that take place over and over again, which, you know, kudos to them because I imagine that would take a long time to do something like that. But it's um, for our, our benefit and our gain. And so, one key word that stands out to me that had some cross-references listed um, is the word strength. Okay? And one of the cross-references leads us to 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 through 10. And you don't have to flip there because I'm going to be going a little quick. But if you want to and you're that quick, kudos to you. Um, but it says this. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Okay, so if we, if we hear that scripture, Christian, will you throw up Philippians 4.13 again for us? If we hear that scripture... And then we read this again, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That same original word for strength is the same word for strength here. And what does it say? For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because the power of Christ is working through me. That changes our understanding of what this strength is. You know, we're not talking necessarily about a run-through-a-wall kind of strength. We're talking about a strength that comes through a, a pure reliance on Christ. That changes things. The next scripture that was a good cross-reference listed was Ephesians 3.16. And I'm going to read 3.14 through 21 as soon as I can get my little... I use little sticky note thingies. Ephesians 3... 14 through 21 says this, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is the second verse that we've read 
that uses that same word strength. This was in 16. I pray, from, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. But, but both of these selections of scripture have something in common. And, and the third does as well, and we'll get there. But none of them are about us. They're just not. That both of them instead are about the power that comes from Christ. Or the power that is in the Holy Spirit. Or the power and the strength of God. Or God's unlimited resources. Nothing about our ability. And, and so it challenged me. And, and I want you guys to hear this. I, I'm, I'm a young guy, and so it's easy for me to stand up and, and to lift my nose up when I learn something and think I'm cool because I learned it. But God revealed some stuff to me in Scripture that challenged my heart. Why am I reading Scripture? Am I reading it to understand more about me, or am I reading it to understand more about him? Because only through understanding more about him am I going to know me. If I think I'm reading scripture to learn more about me, I'm lying to myself. Or at least if I'm feeling good about myself afterward. If I read and I feel like convicted, then maybe I'm reading right, you know, because then I'm, I'm realizing my shortcomings. Anyway, let's look at that last uh, cross-reference. Um, it's going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. And it says this. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people, but God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal king, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. Another cool thing that that really I just noticed about all three of these cross-references is they're all prayers. At the end of them, he, he says, and, and this is Paul in all of these, um, is saying, glory to God, amen, when he's talking about that strength. You know, how cool is that, that, that this same strength that we are so frequent to say in Philippians 4.13 is the same strength that draws Paul to prayer over and over and over again as he writes letters to fellow believers. So the challenge for us is to really think about how we're reading Philippians 4.13. What does it actually mean for us to be able to do everything through Christ, or rather in context for Paul to say that he can do everything through Christ who gives him strength? What does it mean? And that's where we have to look at Scripture in the, in the grand scope of the gospel. Okay, so any, anything that comes out of the Bible is about 
Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if it's Genesis 1-1 or if it's Revelation, whatever the last verse of Revelation is. Lowry, what is it? No? Okay. No. Um, and everything in between is, is to give us a deeper and better understanding of who Christ is and the significance of Christ's life, death, and resurrection on our behalf. And so as we look at this scripture and we go into a grand scope of the gospel, I go back to my previous point that this verse is not about us. Not about me. It's not about you. This verse was about, is about, and always will be about Christ. Whether I'm poor, whether I'm wealthy, whether I'm sick or I'm healthy, if Jesus is my Lord, he will show me his power and strength both in and through me. Why? Why are we given Philippians 4.13? Why, why can't it be a banner for our life? Because God loves us. He wants to give us strength in him because we're doing his work, right? If you are a believer in Christ, you cannot do his work without this strength. Okay, so when you hear that, that God gives us this strength and that we can do everything through him, think about what it is you're meant to be doing. And that's where that strength is, whether it's sharing the gospel, worshiping, praying, teaching, whatever it is, giving generously, what. Whatever you feel that God has called you to and given you the power to do through his Holy Spirit, he gives you that strength to do that. Because I guarantee you, try, please try. I've done it. All, most of us in here have done it. Probably some in the last week. Try to do something with that strength that isn't for Christ. And see how quickly you're weak. Just see it. Just go ahead, try it. Because what will happen is you'll find yourself wondering where you messed up and why you feel alone and why you feel beat down and where your family is. And it's because you stepped out and did something that wasn't for Christ but tried to use his strength. It's like taking armor, I don't know, like playing rock, paper, scissors at a gunfight. You know, like, hey, I got access to the real stuff, but I'm going to do this over here because it's better for me. You just walked away from that strength. And so we got to have a real understanding of, of context because it makes things a lot more clearer whenever we consider the gifts and the, and the good that God gives us. And so I've got a couple more things to note, and then I'm going to pray for us, and um, we're going to close. And I don't know if that, that felt like five minutes. It could have been ten. Um, but... Uh, we'll, we'll close up and, and get excited for what God's got for us this week. Um, hear me say that, that this strength that is talked about here, when we look at those cross-references, we see that it's, it's not just a physical strength. That strength is a, a total transformation of our existence. That strength is reconciliation, which is a fancy word that means an opportunity to be in good standing with God through the loving sacrifice of Jesus' blood. So we got to be very careful not to confuse our own heart when we read Scripture. It's easy to do. We are human. I do it all the time. I love for things to be about me. That's, I, I love a good 
uh, romance movie. Always have. Or a good love song. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm that knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No? Ain't me? Don't look at Maddie all at once now. You'll embarrass him. You'll embarrass him. But we've got to be careful because if we do that with Scripture, then we put ourselves as Jesus. And we're not, folks. But Jesus loves us so much that he died on the cross for us. You talk about a knight in shining armor. Saved us from ourselves so that we could be in relationship with him. And only through an understanding of that will you guys understand your role and your context in Scripture. Same for me. And so my prayer for you guys this week is that the next time we open up God's Word, we pray that God would tell us more about Him. And then we'll learn about us. Right? And as you guys go throughout your week and you wonder if you're teachable, if you can learn these things, First off, let me tell you, you are. It takes a willing heart, but you will be so much more powerful if you surround yourself with other people that want to do it too. Don't do it alone. You don't have to. You shouldn't. Anybody that, that has had the opportunity and the gift of walking with other brothers and sisters will tell you it's much easier to do it with other people around you. It's very worth it. And so invest in yourself. Know that God is working in you, that he wrote this whole word about Jesus so that you would know who Jesus is and that he could tell you your role as his child. Okay? Let me pray for us and we'll close up. Next week we're going to be going into uh, Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, and like I said before, I, it was easy for me to approach this like, ooh, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to throw all these things out. I'm going to make the South rise up and riot. But as I spent time in Scripture, that's not what God had for us. Because the fact is, a lot of times we use this scripture right. But we have to know the context of it to understand how deep and how powerful it is. And so let's pray, and then we'll send out and have a good time this week. Dear God, thank you for your word and um, just the truth that comes in the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your, your glorious work that you do in us, that even when we're weak, and at, and at most when we're weak, you give us strength through the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for that strength, Father, because without it, we'd be confused, wondering what our purpose is and what you have for us. But you give us clarity through Christ. You give us encouragement through the Holy Spirit to go forth and to be a part of your body, to call you Father and to be your children and to place our effort forward for the glory of your kingdom. And we pray that this week you would give us the guidance and the power to do that. You would give us the security in one another and in you, and the encouragement in your Holy Spirit to know what our purpose is in you. And if we don't know you, God, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would lift our eyes to your glorious and precious and sacrificial blood that you shed on the cross so that we could be in good standing with you and call you our Father. We love you, Lord, and we lift all these things up in your heavenly name. Amen.